Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode four of Platonically Intimate. Isaac just held up his hand to remind me what episode we're on. <laughs> Thank you, Isaac. Um, in case you're wondering, uh, we chose maybe not as to whether or not we're going to talk about interesting this episode. Um, but we'll see. It's it's an interesting thing to think about. It is. You'll, you'll get that later. <laughs> um, but let's let's jump right into it, uh, Isaac. What do you want to talk about today? So I'm going to talk about a word. Ooh, Some of you might oh, know that our podcast is about bold. words. Sometimes, I'm going to talk about a word that I learned in Alaska. I've I've heard it before, mostly as a joke. But this is a word that someone uses. They're, okay. they're like trying to get it to gain popularity. Um, okay. And it means something specific. Okay. So this Yoke. word is predicament. <laughs> predicament. Now, have you ever heard someone just like, oh, I'm in a predicament? I don't think I have. Oh, maybe maybe I've had an I interesting it, life. I wish, yeah. So I've heard a lot of people say that. I feel like I heard it a lot in elementary school. Someone in like fourth grade learns the word predicament. And then they can't say it and, properly. And then they're like, ah, that's funny. And then they say yeah. predicament. So my friend Keaton E., I feel like we need to we need to stop saying people's last names for their own internet. Yeah, we're security. getting too famous now. Yeah, we're get, they're gonna get stalkers. So I'm gonna call him Keaton E. If he if he emails us at platonicallyintimate at gmail.com, we'll just like say his name as a bonus episode. Okay. And then that will be it. Yep. <laughs> Listen to the intro music, Keaton. Keaton, you have today to email us <laughs> to get a, <laughs> into the bonus episode if there is one for this season, which there probably won't be. Probably not. So anyway, uh, Keaton E. Thank you for this topic. And I would like to read how Keaton E. defines it. Okay. According to Keaton E., June 28th, 2022, text message. (laughs) Ah, for sure. LOL. So I define it as, quote, learning something that most other people seem to know, something that's common knowledge, especially learning about it later in life. It's so well known that people assume you know it and is usually not explained. End quote. For example... I learned that pickles were pickled cucumbers when I was 21. I thought a pickle was just its own thing. Ha ha. I like that. That's like me hearing the word predicament kind of for the first time in this podcast. But also it feels very similar to there's a lot of online like um, today I learned. Yes. And it's like usually very simple stuff. That's like, a, I should have looked that up. That would have been great stuff. Yeah. yeah it's stuff that I, people just like somehow didn't know. Yeah. Today I learned eating a jar of mayonnaise isn't healthy. (laughs) (laughs) Time to turn my life around. Yeah, most people apparently already knew that. (laughs) And now that, so that would be a predicament. It would, that is a predicament. That's a funny word that I didn't know had a meaning besides just predicament. Yep. So I found myself in a predicament this year. Oh boy. I recently learned at age 23 that caramel was just caramelized sugar. <laughs> I had heard of like caramelizing onions and I was like, why do they call it that? <laughs> I had no idea. Because if you caramelize sugar, you get caramel. So huh. um, in the same way that a pickle is a pickled cucumber, caramel, caramel is carameled sugar. I had no idea. I hope there's someone out there that's in a double predicament right now. I hope so too. If you, Please write us, actually. We will, once again, we'll promise another bonus episode. I will we'll just give you a <laughs> shout out if you didn't know either of those things until right now. Yeah. Also, I have to believe you. If if I, like, personally know you, 
it's probably not going to happen. But yeah, anyway, true. Anyway, um, so yeah, I just wanted to ask you: Do you know of any other predicaments that you have found yourself oh, in? Oh boy, there definitely have been. Most of the predicaments I have experienced are not ones that I remember and I think are more memorable. For I think that's a common thing for a lot of predicaments. Most other yeah. people notice it before you do because you just, in the moment, you're like, oh, I learned something new today. But if you say it to someone, like you're going to be like, I can't believe you didn't know that yep. until you were 20 plus years old. Mm-hmm. I, I can't think any off the top of my head. Okay. Which is unfortunate. It is, but... I've definitely been in many. Yep. I'm going to uh, give a predicament for my fun fact. Okay. Um, so look forward to that I, in about 10 minutes. I hope you guys are excited. <laughs> I am excited. So our main topic for today is not interesting. Like, I hope it's True. interesting, but we're not talking about interesting. We are actually going to talk about the word dilemma. You know what is interesting? Hmm. I didn't do a fun fact yet. <laughs> we don't have the whiteboard. This is what happens. And now it's time for my favorite part of the co- podcast. <laughs> fun facts with Joe. Fun fact. I meant to do this fun fact last episode. Bonus fun fact. The smallest country in the world is Vatican City. At just over 109 acres or roughly one fifth of a square mile. Hmm. I knew that it was small. I didn't realize it was that small. Yeah, just a hundred acres. We live in some farming country, so true. We're familiar with the term acres. If you're not, um, that's unfortunate. Well, he already converted it for you, so yeah. you're fine. We also live somewhere where we're like on a grid yeah. of miles. So also how much true. a square mile is is also relatively easy for us to visualize. Mm-hmm. Fear and metric. Go you. <laughs> Good for you. And I mean that. I'm I, not I being sarcastic. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyways, anyways. <laughs> back to our regularly scheduled program. <laughs> so, as you already know, we are not uh, having an interesting main topic today. But our topic is the word dilemma. So I'm going to read a definition out of Merriam-Webster's Collegiate Dictionary, 10th edition. Joe's going to read something off of his computer, and then I'm going to continue reading out of my favorite book, Merriam-Webster's Collegiate Dictionary, 10th edition. Dilemma. Definition one. An argument presenting two or more equally conclusive alternatives against an opponent. Now, I think that's an interesting definition. I agree. Um, I, I feel like we are using a much too modern dictionary though i'd like to talk about what the word originally meant uh the entomology for dilemma reveals that the meaning of the word was very specific to two premises or die lemmas specifically two not more than two just two Mm -hmm. so my definition um it opened up the door for more Yes. And so this this word has lost a little bit of its specificity. If you have three difficult options, I would suggest using the word trilemma. Oh, trilemma. I would say trilemma. Well, here's the thing. I would say dilemma, but I don't. Oh, okay. Fair enough. Fair (laughs) enough. Okay. So uh, I think think we've also... One thing about language, uh, one of my friends, Keaton I, 
different oh. from Keaton E. Okay. He uh, is very into languages and he uh, also just thinks about them, learns about them a lot. Yeah. One thing that he says is that language is lazy. And over time, yes. it just shifts. The The hard consonants become softer. Words that are hard to pronounce just kind of go away, you know? Yep. So, uh, it probably was pronounced dilemma. Dilemma. But and we just it call dilemma. it dilemma. Mm-hmm. So, it would be a trilemma and a qu- quadlemma. Quilemma. Because that's got to be soft. Yeah. Anyway, so, yeah, it, it has lost a little bit of its meaning. And I would actually like to read another paragraph out of Merriam-Webster's Collegiate Dictionary, 10th edition, because it has further lost some of its meaning. The paragraph reads, The use of such adjectives as terrible, painful, and irreconcilable suggests that dilemma is losing some of its unpleasant force. Remember, dilemma is two options that are neither good. Um, If you have to choose between two things that, that... you might use the phrase a lesser of two evils type of choice. Yep. Um, but people people are starting to add additional negative adjectives to remind people of the negative connotation of this word. Oh, okay. And so this is a word yeah. that actually started with a connotation and has lost it. Normally we talk about things that started like very broad. Yep. Like, uh, what did we just talk about? Inappropriate. Inappropriate. Yeah. It doesn't mean negative, but people yeah. have added a negative People add connotation a lot to words, and that's honestly one of the things we talk about the most on this show. Mm-hmm. And this this is a word going the other way. It used to have a connotation, but it started to go away. Yeah. So it's very interesting. And now people are like kind of trying to bring it back. Like, remember, dilemma is, I believe, one of the definitions in that book where it has to be a choice towards an opponent. Yes. Right. That is, that is an interesting. What's a what's? I guess it's an ultimatum. Is wait in an ultimatum a dilemma? An ultimatum. Ultimatum kind is of. like you have to do this thing or else. or else. Yeah. The or else kind yes. of makes it a dilemma. It does. Whoa. Because they they are forcing you to do something that you haven't done, likely yeah. because you haven't you don't want to. Yeah. So they say if you don't do it, this will happen. Kind of like, okay, think about this. If you commit a heinous crime. Okay. But you had some conspirators. Okay. They might say, you're going to jail for the rest of your life. Or you can rat out your conspirators and we'll give you a lighter sentence. Right. It's not good. No. I mean. Neither one is good. Yeah. It's it's not something you want to do. You don't want to send your friends to jail. Yeah, because then when they get out, they're gonna be like, "We remember," <laughs> but or also even while they're still in. Yeah, you don't want to go to jail for the rest of your life. Yeah, a dilemma. I know someone who gave an ultimatum. Uh, they had been in a romantic relationship for a while, mm-hmm. and they were like, "All right, we're about to finish college, and uh, we've been together for a few years. If you don't, if you don't propose to me by the end of the semester, I'm breaking up with you." Now, now this was this was like in January. Okay. They were gonna graduate in May. Okay. She wasn't. She Whoa. wasn't okay. giving him like a, like a one week thing. Yeah. It was like you have you have five months to yeah. figure this out. Um, but she's like, you need you need to decide if if we're gonna be together or not. And right. uh, he did end up proposing. They've been married for a couple of years now, but uh, it all worked out. So cool. that's that's a case where the dilemma wasn't necessarily two bad things. No. 
So that is a case so where it lost I, its connotation think, a little bit. I think it was more of an ultimatum. Yes. Than a dilemma. Yeah. Ooh. So are all are all dilemmas ultimatums, but not all ultimatums are dilemmas? I would say no. I would say they're okay. a Venn diagram. Okay. But Fair not enough. like a Lesotho inside of South Africa diagram. <laughs> right. That would be <laughs> an enclave. Your classic Venn diagram. Right. Just a little overlap. Because there are there are some dilemmas that would be an ultimatum. Like confess now for your lighter sentence yep. or go to jail forever. Are there any dilemmas that wouldn't be ultimatums though? I think so. If okay. like if like you because hmm. uh, ultimatum is also usually like a statement. Yes, an ultimatum is like someone else is enforcing it upon yeah. you. Whereas a dilemma is like it can happen for many. Years. Think about this: you are going on a twelve-hour road trip, okay? okay, and you are going to go backpacking. You're going to go backpacking for like a three-day weekend, okay? Okay. You're going to be spending a couple nights out in the wilderness, and. It's not going to be, like, cold, but it's going to get down to, like, 50 degrees. Okay. okay. And because you're going to be out in the daytime, you don't have a lot of, like, warm gear. Yep. And you are three hours down the road, and you realize you forgot your sleeping bag. Oh. You have a dilemma. You can turn you back do. and waste six hours of driving to catch up just to have a sleeping bag. Or you can go through two nights of sleeping in decently cold weather without your sleeping bag. I would say that's a non-ultimatum dilemma. That yeah yeah that makes sense, and then if there's other people in the car and you have to make a decision, it could turn <laughs> into a, a paradox. <laughs> yeah, the Aveline paradox. Everyone's yeah, like, yeah. I don't mind if you go grab. It. I, don't, I mean, yeah. You, and then we all and then we all go do it, and then everyone's like, "Man, that was terrible." And then you get there and you find out that it only gets down to seventy every night. Yep. And you don't even use the sleeping bag. <laughs> Classic. <laughs> all right, with that. Unless you have any closing statements or arguments about dilemmas. I don't think so. Um, with that, I would like to get to fun facts with Isaac. I think this has been the smoothest transition of the episode. We finally remembered. Uh, yeah, we figured out. The order. <laughs> we, <laughs> we're struggling. We're only th- like four episodes in and we're. We're already losing it. We're going insane. Okay, so fun fact of the day. Knowledge is power. France is bacon. I'm confused. <laughs> so that that is a quote from the great philosopher Francis Bacon. Oh. And there are oh. many, many a child who have heard that quote. And spent many an hour trying to decipher what France is bacon means. Because <laughs> it's... Okay. Knowledge is power. France is bacon. Yep. That was... That was terrible. I loved <laughs> it. All right. Isaac, I would like to talk about a dilemma. But okay. not the word dilemma. Okay. This is something... This is another story-esque subject. Okay. About a dilemma that happened. I think it's a dilemma. We'll see. I'd like to talk about a ship that was made in the early 1900s. Once again, I'm talking about something that happened at the turn of the century. Um, nice. Like, wow. Um, I would like to, like to talk about the RMS 
Carmania is how I think it's pronounced. Okay. It might be wrong. Email me. Email us. <laughs> no, email my personal. I'm not going to tell you it, but you know. <laughs> if you if you know it, use it. Yeah. Um, this, this is a tale... Uh, much like the hit movie Garfield 2, A Tale of Two Kittens. <laughs> this is a tale about two very similar entities. Okay. okay. In this case, it's A Tale of Two Ships. Okay. The RMS Carmania was launched in 1905 as a cruise ship. This was a cruise ship of the early 1900s, much like the Titanic, mm. although this was much smaller. Titanic classic boat. Yeah, classic boat. Um, <laughs> boat. <laughs> boat. Shout out to uh, Hannah. Um, she was a very successful ocean liner uh, going across um, between America and Europe Mm -hmm. many times Mm -hmm. in early 1914 uh, this was a British ocean liner okay the great war started World War I and they converted the RMS Carmania into what is called an armed merchant cruiser okay which means they don't have really any demand for ocean cruise, cruises mm-hmm. during a world war mm-hmm. so they just stuck some guns <laughs> on a cruise ship mm-hmm. and were like go go shoot some stuff <laughs> in this case uh they put eight big anti-ship guns on them and its job was to protect was to protect convoys of okay. supplies mm-hmm. as they weren't going to be like go fight a warship yeah because it would lose easily yeah. um Later, they turned it into, like, a troop ship because they were like, wow, putting guns on this was useless. It, like, none of none of these ships ever survived a single battle, basically. Oh, nice. They were, like, so bad, they're like, don't even try to get anywhere near combat. <laughs> if you see enemies, just run. Okay. <laughs> Anyways, I would like to talk about a different ocean liner. Okay. The SS Cap Trafalgar. Okay. Also probably pronounced wrong. This is a German ocean liner okay launched in 1913 so a little later yeah brand new brand new brand spanking new and they're like hey we just started a war um you're also going to be turned into an armed merchant cruiser now these two ships were roughly the same size ocean line okay the trafalgar the cap trafalgar was given eight big anti-ship guns okay and its job was to raid supply lines Okay. Because the relatively unarmed ships, mm-hmm. go and sink them, it'll help us in the war. Mm-hmm. Classic stuff. Mm-hmm. In late 1914, the Carmania and the Trafalgar met each other oh, at sea. Oh, boy. Now, this is brewing towards the very first time two cruise ships would <laughs> battle each other. <laughs> yeah. But, fortunately, for the Trafalgar, it was common practice by the German Navy to disguise these armed merchant cruisers Mm -hmm. as just a regular cruise ship. They would hide their guns, and more commonly, or just as common, was for them to change their appearance to look like allied ships. Oh, wow. Dangerous move. Yes. Potentially a war crime, depending on who you ask. Um, They would fly different flags, etc. So they were feeling pretty good. Mm Mm-hmm. In a major twist of irony, the Trafalgar happened to be disguised as the Carmania. <laughs> so the ruse didn't work at all. <laughs> Not even close. That's right, the Carmania and another ship 
that looked like the Carmania met mm-hmm. each other at sea. And this resulted in the very first ocean liner 1v1. <laughs> there were no other ships present. The two of them just kind of went to town at each other. It was very uneventful and very quick because mm-hmm. neither of them are designed to take any hits whatsoever. <laughs> Both of them were heavily damaged with the real Carmania being the quote-unquote winner. Let's Meaning go. the Trap Falgar sunk and the Carmania okay. was about to sink. <laughs> but it managed to keep itself afloat for like three days, which okay. was just enough time for the, them to find some allied ships and they patched it back up. Okay. And it survived the rest of the war. But wow. an extremely interesting tale yeah. of a ship that saw it, another ship that was disguised as itself. A ghost ship. A ghost ship. Fair enough. Yeah. That's interesting. Actually, as you began describing it, I thought what where it was going for a moment was that the Germans like stole the ship and were oh, just like okay. using it as their own ship. And then it, it was going to like end up back in British hands by the yep. end of the story. But... I mean, kind of, but not in the way I expected. This is a very... There's not a lot of information about this encounter online, Mm -hmm. as a lot of stuff was happening in the world around this, so Mm -hmm. records in general are hazy. There are a few people who are like, I think the the real Carmania was also disguised as the Trap Falgar. Oh, interesting. Which would have been really funny. Yes. But there's zero evidence to support that. Also, the British didn't do that very much, like hardly ever. Okay. A little bit of a fisherman's exaggeration to make mm-hmm. the tale more exciting. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, the the also in the story, the Carmania wasn't was already suspicious of the ship that they met. They were okay. like, "Oh, this is clearly a, a, a British the, ship, the, yeah. an Allied ship." They were like, "This is another ship like us. It's probably <laughs> an enemy one." And then they got closer, and they're like, "The the Carma the Carmania? <laughs> Wait a second. Like, lean overboard and look at their own ship name uh-huh. on the side, and they're like, something's not adding up. Did I switch ships last night? Yeah. Um, so, there were, there were a couple of dilemmas, potentially, that happened in that story. Mm-hmm. Um, I like the story because it's specifically about two two things. Hence, die. That was a die story. Mm-hmm. Someone probably died, too. Someone probably Unfortunately. died. Unfortunately. Unfortunately. Actually, there weren't very many casualties on either side, because, like, there was like one volley yeah, from and, each side, and, then and the they're like, "Oh, our going ship's down. destroyed. Yeah. <laughs> Let's get off." Yep. Hmm. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed learning about predicaments. I hope you soon discover some of your own predicaments. The thing is, you never find out until someone like happens to be talking about them. Yep. Everyone knows that pickles are cucumbers, or but so not everyone think. knows that exactly. pickles are cucumbers. So I hope you enjoyed predicaments. I hope you enjoyed a dilemma, and I hope that you enjoyed learning about the Carmania and the Cap Trafalgar. Sure. <laughs> and I hope the biggest dilemma you face in the next week is deciding whether or not to wait to listen to episode 5 or to hack into our system and to listen to it yourself. Good luck. <laughs> I think that's all we got. See ya.